careful attention to everything you see and hear, no matter how unusual it may seem. And please be warned, if you fidget, if you look away, if you forget any part of what I tell you, even for an instant, then our hero will surely perish. His name is Nick. His grandfather stole something from him, and that really is the least of it. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Oh, sorry. Just plucking away to animate this podcast called Facing Off, where we take two similar bits of entertainment. Strange. Entertainment or entertainment? Entertainment. And we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today, we are doing the Disney animated film Raya and the Last Dragon, and we're facing it off against the Laika animated film Kubo and the Two Strings. I am Gabe, and I'll be the Kubo of this episode. Two strings, but I got me a few on! Uh, And joined with me, uh, as always, are my favorite fire breathers, Layla and Nick. Are we dragons? I'm a dragon. Yeah. Breathing that fire, yo. Yo. (laughs) Um, That would be like... Well, I guess like that was a two chains reference you did earlier. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. did not expect two, two chains to come up in this episode, but I should have. Yeah, I he should have been in it. That, it's yeah. uh, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> um, guys, That's not what I meant. Okay. We're getting real animated, y'all. Why specifically are we talking about these two animated films, Nick? Well, we're talking about Kubo because Layla loves the movie, and yes, she it's so true. We watch it <laughs> and. Uh, the the two the comparison, however, is two animated films about orphans whose parents sacrifice themselves and instruct the child to embark upon a mystical quest to gather the ancient items necessary to defeat a dusty evil monster from the past. Mm, so dusty. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, Those there's like a there's like clouds of yeah monster. the monsters heavily featured, like dusty clouds. Yeah, they're cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Another animated mm. film. Layla, <laughs> why are you so excited to do these two movies? I don't think it's like a secret, but I'm obsessed with Laika and I'm obsessed with stop motion. I think I might have mentioned that, that one like other time before. Yeah, I think maybe on this podcast I've mentioned it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I'm obsessed with stop motion movies. It's my favorite form of animation. Um, I've like loved Kubo for so long. I think it was what year was it? 2017. It was nominated for the Oscars. <laughs> um, and when it came out, I just have ever since I've been trying to get everyone to watch this movie. Um, and I love that we're finally getting an opportunity to do it for the pod. And I had never seen Raya and the Last Dragon, so that was also a journey. So, yeah, and I I'm finally excited. watched Kubo in the last strings, uh, or the two, two strings, strings I, which <laughs> the is last ridiculous strings. that I forgot about that. Oh, it's because of the last dragon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Layla had been on it legitimately for five, five years. She it's has true. been like nonstop. <laughs> like you got, have you watched Kubo yet? It was like the number one thing I had to watch. Uh, and I watched it. Uh, I did not watch Raya and the Last Dragon, but that doesn't matter because I'm moderating this episode. Um, Quite the lead in. And we're going to decide which of these two movies is best by breaking them down with five categories and a scale of one to seven. Seven being um, a samurai with the three things that the samurai needs, like the impenetrable sword and, and armor and a helmet. Uh, and Sword one being, um, uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, one being if you, uh, lost your memories and became a beetle and couldn't even remember your own wife and there son. There you go. 
even there though you your go. wife yeah. looks really like recovered a there. by the time that, that you was see great. her. So it's totally understandable. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Um, <laughs> let's kick this off. Let's talk <clears throat> about eye candy first. A big differentiator between these two movies. Uh, eye candy, we're going to talk about all the visual elements. And Layla, <laughs> I know you are so excited to talk about this, but I started yeah, thinking can, about Layla. episodes where you or I were really passionate about something <laughs> and went first. And then Nick's response was always, I have nothing to add to that. Yeah, let's have Nick on. go first, honestly. <laughs> let's make sure that Nick adds whatever he wants so Layla can dunk all over it. Okay. Nick, one to seven. Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, God. What did you like about the visuals? Uh, I, uh, unlike my wife, I like stop motion. I think there's an uncanny valley effect with Julie. She, like, really, really is averse to them. Mm. Um, I, <clears throat> I don't have any qualms with the way the movie looks. I think that if you're going to talk about, like, stop motion and try to rate it, you better check yourself at the door because, like, the amount of effort that it takes <laughs> to create a movie like Kubo is like something I can't even really fathom. Um, so for me watching this movie, there's no, nothing about the eye candy, nothing about the way that it looks. It takes me out of it. I have nothing but respect for someone who's able to make an animated movie that takes the amount of like craft that a movie like, I mean, it, not to minimize anything that any other animated movie does, but stop motion is like another beast. Um, so I will go easy six. <laughs> and Layla, will you go an easy six? No, or okay. will you easy go seven. seven. Yeah, this is okay. such an easy seven. Okay. I, I, I've said this a hundred percent on the pod before, but I encourage anybody when you're bored to go to Leica's youtube account and just watch videos of them creating these sets and these pieces and the creativity that goes into them creating these worlds it's unreal it's like this this film to me like we've talked about like visuals with animated films we did isle of dogs things like that like this to me is like top tier top tier animation when it comes to visuals like it is so unbelievably stunning to me the landscapes the shots themselves the way they position the shots the creativity behind like watching them put together that boat like the actual physical prop that they use that's just leaf after leaf after leaf is Mm -hmm. it's it's remarkable and it's Mm -hmm. so meticulously thought out i mean the scene where he uses the birds and the visual of him flying with the birds as his wings. Like it's just, it's so beautifully like intricate and creative. And I feel like I'm so okay with the like slow moments in the movie that don't have a lot of filled dialogue because I just feel like I want to watch what's happening on the screen regardless. Like I would have watched this movie if there was no dialogue (laughs) and you just watched him journey through all of these set pieces and all of these shots and, you know, the, the the visuals around the sun and the moon because it plays such a big part in the movie and how it, like, it's just so stunning. Yeah, it's, it's such an easy seven for me because the visuals are everything to me in this movie. Like, I think the stories, like we'll talk about later, is really interesting and beautiful as well. But I just want to stare at everything that they created constantly all the time. And it's absolutely one of a kind. So... It's a seven. It's an easy seven for me. Amen, sis. And uh, you want to um, keep going with Raya and the Last Dragon <laughs> and sure. eye candy? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't like. I don't think there's anything super remarkable about the visuals in this movie. I think there are like a couple of fun, like fun-ish, imagine imaginative moments. Like I think when. Ever they reveal what the power of one of the siblings of the dragons is, is kind of like sweet and lovely. Like, I mm. think it's creative the way that they do that because it's all very visual and colorful. So I like that. I hate the way the dragons look. <laughs> um, yeah. They kind of remind me of, you know, when people who have dogs and they take them to the groomers and they have only parts <laughs> of them shaved. Like, oh, it, yeah. it just reminds me of that. So true. <laughs> While I'm looking at them and it just makes them so, so 
how do I okay so this is I'm going to talk more about this later but I do think it plays a part in the visuals I do think for the first time in a long time this movie for me is an animated film that's not universal and does feel very catered towards kids like very very catered towards children and I think the Mm. visuals do play a big part in that as well like I do think the dragons are curated very much so kids will enjoy them as opposed to being like more dragon-esque they're just like meant to be fun creatures um and like pretty creatures um so i think that there was a lot of room for them to do more but i just don't think that they did and i think it was pretty lame visually so i'm gonna go with a three suck it disney Hmm. um what would you say nick about the eye candy of raya and the last dragon i don't have a lot of like digs on it i was gonna give it a four um super fair i think that like among I think that Raya and the Last Dragon excels in its attempt at like world building, and that's what like the movie is. What what is appealing about the movie to me? Yeah, that's um, super fair. And like the way they build the world visually isn't really the the strong part of that that world building. It's more like the story there, the like. Um, commentary on culture between the different, mm, I don't know, they're cities? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're cities? technically all cities, just named after different parts of a dragon. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Townships. <laughs> Townships, the different areas. Um, I think that the, the, the general way, like, yes, the way the dragons look, not my favorite. Um, I, I can't tell, though, if they're trying to do, like, if they're trying to be very like culturally accurate in the way that they depict the dragons, maybe um, yeah, like the like at when you're at like a Chinese New Year parade, is it kind of in the shape, but it's not supposed to be in China. Yeah, it's like so a made I'm up place. Fucking, I mean, yeah. it's a made up place that's like vaguely based on Cambodia, <laughs> and all yeah. the actors are all like Eastern Asian, a little yeah. bit of like mm-hmm. Southeast Asian. Mixed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a couple actors from Hong Kong and the rest from Southeast Asia. It feels basically like a half measure, the way they, they did the dragons. Like, like It's like they did try to be a little bit culturally accurate and also like in historically culturally accurate and then try to also do, like you said, make it like very child-friendly and like cute to yeah. sell toys. <laughs> and then so whenever you're going to do that, you're going to end up with a half measure. And so I'm going to put it in the middle out of four. Yeah. Super, super fair. <clears throat> Makes sense. Um, well, let's move on to a category that we use for animated films because you can't see the actors themselves, but you can see the characters, and that's why we're going to do charactering, <laughs> where we talk about the characters and the voice work that went into them and then like how they were written and how interesting they were and... Nick is going to not talk about it. Instead, Layla is going to do Raya and the Last Dragon correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really care about a lot. A, lot of, a lot of the, the characters in this movie. I also just think there's a lot of characters in this movie. There um, are m- many characters. There's a lot of characters. And a lot of them like are important. So there's just a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And animals. Uh, and I just don't really care. Or yeah, or dragons. Um, or identify with any of them. Like I, even our main character, she's fine. I, I'm not super attached to her, like at all. I think her nemesis is also very, a, li- a little just confusing to me. Like I don't really understand her. I think by the end, of course, you kind of get the understanding that she's just like trying to like do right by her mom, I think, or like what she thinks is the right choice for her people. But I just feel like there's not like an insane amount of depth behind a lot of the choices that are made. And even in the beginning, when all the different cities or whatever we want to call them show up, like even their motivations for being just ridiculous and like even amidst these monsters coming out or like still grabbing these pieces to run away i'm like i don't really get anyone's motivations in this movie like at all so i just feel like the characters feel very um they're just missing a lot for me they feel 
because they're too scattered and there's too many of them, I'm not like hyper focused mm-hmm. on any one in particular. So um, I think they could have just done a much better job with that. And I probably would have been more engaged. And I think especially in an animated film, if I'm not feeling attached to the main characters, that's a problem. Like I cannot stand Sisu. Like Aquafina's voice, Aquafina's humor, everything about Aquafina in this movie is Aquafina needs to be stopped. Deeply. Sure. I mean, she could do the upsetting. farewell every every once in a while, and and just that. <laughs> yeah, like just you peeked at the farewell. Stop doing anything Aquafina else. Needs to be stopped. She yeah. needs to be stopped. It's um, it's really bad. Like I, and again, well, this she- like. This like plays into the whole thing I was talking about. I do feel like the dialogue that they gave the characters is very like lackluster and childlike. Like it's all broken down into these very basic sentences that are like telling the child watching it what's about to happen kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. The exposition's crazy. Yeah. And so, and th- that plays into the characters as well. Right. So like all the stuff that Aquafina is saying is just super silly and dumb and it, it's just, it's hard to listen to. So yeah, I don't think the characters are well-developed or particularly like something I'm going to remember. So I'm going to go with, I guess another three. Three out of seven. Wow. Nick, any yeah. uh, voice acting you want to shout out? Um, yeah, well, as an aside, I was looking it up on IMDb, and uh, you know, I think the only way we can stop Aquafina is we need to get a... There's a breastplate, there's a sword, <laughs> and there's and a, a helmet. helmet. And we have to collect those, and then I think then we may be able to engage her Vanquish in her. and win. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Raya's a... Uh, I'm going I'm to go with another four. Okay. In <clears throat> charactering. Because I this movie's very like mid to me. Um as we'll probably un- end up seeing. I may give it all fours, honestly. It's it's like did it feel like maybe it would have been better? As we're talking as hearing you talk about it, I'm thinking like, did this would this have been better as a show? Maybe like a show for like for kids, yeah. Like on, oh yeah, on, yes, you know. Yes. But like yeah, maybe. I I actually think a like three or four year old would die over this. Like I get it. I get mm. why there's high reviews because I do think the way that yeah. they wrote it out is like perfect for a young kid to like really understand what's happening. <laughs> so yes, I agree with you. <laughs> totally, and there's like so many characters, and like maybe there's a way to reconcile the kid friendly. Um, nature of it and that being kind of a turnoff for us as not children with the fact that I do like kind of really want to know more about the the world and its past <laughs> and like it's cool like they made a lore the lore is cool um but because they've spent so much time having to explain to you there's like three intros to the movie they have to explain Truly. to you the lore you don't get yes. any character development at all. You just are like given them and you have to like deal with them. Um, and one of them is Aquafina. And that's not always a good thing because she is a, a force. Um, She's and so for, for every like good general performance that that's, that's going on in terms of, you know, the, the voice actors and, and what they're doing, there's for every one of those, there's also, a bunch of like very dull, flat characters like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think it, for me, it more or less balances out because I like this movie. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four, but very easily could be under, you know, below average. It's definitely closer to a three than a five for me. For sure. Woof. What about Kubo and the two strings, Nicholas? What about um, the charactering? Huge, great distinction in this category for these two. Not a lot of characters in Kubo. Yeah. Um, and one of the characters is is just Charlie's... Well, it's the same character, but it's Charlie's there and doing the same thing, but in two different ways as the kind of husk of a person that is mother at the beginning and the uh, not husk of a snow Monkey. baboon that is <laughs> mother at, at the Arctic rest of the movie. Huh? Arctic monkey. Arctic monkey. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that distracted me. And they uh, also Arctic monkeys also use shamisens. Yeah, they do. Do yeah. they really? They no, they don't them? use shamisens. They use. I mean, guitars. it would not put me put it past. They would not put it past. Yeah, them. that's true. Uh, so because you don't you don't have a lot of distractions, there is like a lot of 
character building going on, particularly with Kubo by the end of the movie when, um, you know, he says his final line and you get your, he, he gets his ending and we get our ending. Uh, it like really means something because we've learned so much about him without having to have a lot of exposition because just naturally having rediscovered spoiler alert, I guess his parents and it's sharing a meal with them. And uh, even though one's a monkey and one's a beetle, the like we understand that like who he is and where Aren't they all like what this yeah <laughs> this is a metaphor there what is what this like means to him um that we don't really get for Raya because there's so much else going on just there's no like there is lore in Kubo but it's very simple it's just familial it's like what happened in his his crazy family and all their <laughs> weird shenanigans um so I'm gonna give it um. I mean, and also there's Matthew McConaughey playing a, a beetle samurai, which is awesome. Um, so I, I think it's like a 5.5, 6. Wow. Layla, how much do you love these characters? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a 5. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, certainly not necessarily... I don't think the characters themselves are like the most important part of this movie or what makes this movie no. as special as it is. So I'll, that'll probably maybe be my lowest score that I give it, but I, I like them all. And I think that you're right. There was enough time within this film for each of them to have their own moment and to have their own depth. And I think that, um, the Beatles like humor is kind of the perfect amount of like sprinkle of like levity that the movie needs. And I, I do really laugh at what he says, even like as silly as it is, it's really funny to me. And, um, I think the mom's character is really beautiful and the, the, mm -hmm. the sense of like, she brings so much to the storyline as far as like immortality and love and feeling and the importance of all of that. Like, so she like, really really adds such an important emotional factor to the film and then Kubo is just such a great like main character to root for and to care for and he goes through so many ups and downs and I feel so emotional for him throughout the movie as he's like battling um all of these different parts of life you know and so I think the characters certainly aid the film um and they do what they're supposed to do I don't think they're like the greatest characters in an animated film so I can't really go higher I don't think but they they absolutely add to the storyline and they're very memorable and very lovely. And I can't not have a moment to talk about the sisters because the sisters are so incredibly creepy and I love them so much when they first come out for the first time and they're doing that stupid laugh. I love it so much. Like they are a gold Halloween costume for me one, one year. Like I just absolutely adore how creepy they are and how weird they are. And I think they add a lot to the like tone of the film as well so really enjoy that um but yeah rooney rooney mara and that uh the effect they have on her voice pretty cool like, pretty yeah. cool Easily the best <laughs> voice acting in it although i i have a couple notes more ray finds who i i love the voice he's doing yeah. as the grandpa at the end mm -hmm. yeah super fun. um and and honestly, just remake this movie, but without Charlize Theron, because she adds no fucking character to her character, who I agree is a very cool, interesting character. She doesn't do anything impressive. With her voice acting, she's like, for sure. Her voice acting sounds like she's fucking phoning it in. Like, there's not even a difference between, besides, like, the pace at which she talks, there's not a difference between how she sounds when she's just the mom and then when she's the monkey. It would have yeah. been a better reveal had she actually like changed that up. Yeah, um, that's but Matthew McConaughey character. definitely rocks. You know the kid that um, voices Kubo is Rickon from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, mm. no way. Yeah, I saw his photo the other day, but it's like him grown up now. It's so a grown I would never man. Have thought about so. that. Yeah, well, he was a grown man by the time he gets fucking shot dead. Yeah, Spoiler alert. Um, anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about originality. Did these films need to be made? Do they stand out in their genres? Are they bringing up interesting concepts? Or were they just uh, repetitive, redundant, stupid, uh, derivative pieces of garbage? Uh, I suspect wow. neither of you are going to say those things about either of them. But Layla, 
Um, is Raya in The Last Dragon original? Um, I don't really think so. I think that what Nick said earlier is probably the only thing that I would give it, that I do think that like the world building itself is pretty interesting. I wish more of the film had gone to that and we had spent more time in those different villages and kind of understood each of those villages I'm, I'm a little now bit. convinced it should have been a show and they they fucked up <laughs> yeah they messed up hard <laughs> it's, they still could honestly do Man, some we like have gotten sequels. so much more aquafina dude yeah God. but TV yeah that's shows what we don't need. make money yo yeah you're not wrong um four more hours at least of aquafina <sighs> that's what we're looking for that's what this pod's looking for yeah just watch nora from Queens, and then you're good. <laughs> is she a dragon in that one too, <laughs> or something, right. or something? Um, yeah, I. As far as like the story itself, I mean, I do think we were talking about this before the episode started. There's a lot of comparisons of this movie to Moana, um, in the sense of like I think obviously the gem itself and the journey taken for the gem, but also the connection between like humankind and nature and all of the above, and like what that gem means for all of that. So like I think there is connection there i don't think it's like an entirely original idea and i think um yeah i don't have much to say on it i think i'm just gonna give it maybe a four like i think they've done some things that are original and others that aren't so i think it just kind of falls right in that mid (laughs) territory that you were mentioning nick yeah do you think that (laughs) just taking the easy road every time (laughs) you rate raya do you think it's important that Raya and the Last Dragon was made, Nick. <clears throat> no, I don't. Oh, That's okay. the... so you hate Asian culture. Oh wow! Oh. Really cementing that <laughs> permanently on this podcast. <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> no, what? Uh, why don't you think it's important? I don't think it. Well, I think it's well, okay. So, <sighs> did you ask me if it was important really made the first time? No, or I said did it need to be made. Yeah, see, those are different. <laughs> I do think it's important. I don't think it needed to be made um, because they didn't really make it right. Now I'm I am very convinced it needed to be a show because they don't <laughs> like they don't spend enough time on culture. Yeah. Uh, Wham, because bam, you've great got answer. to great answer. You've got That's to move. They needed right? more culture. <laughs> In fact, four to five more episodes, both of culture and Aquafina. Uh, I don't think that <clears throat> I don't think there's enough time. It's yeah. a longer Even though Disney a long Pixar movie. movie <laughs> yeah. But it's not the longest Disney Pixar movie. It's true. Um, it's not Pixar. Don't don't you fucking Oh, is it not, it's not it's Pixar, Disney. sorry. There's, Sorry, my bad. It's not you're right the though. There's too Disney many movie. stupid scenes between Aquafina and Raya, like Raya, Raya that oh, it just yeah. did, did not need to happen. Hundred percent. It's it just the movie feels like a little bit of a half measure. They it very much like us giving it fours took the like middle road. Um, a lot of times that it you know like kind of hurt it, and that coupled with the fact that there are a lot of like very obvious avatar and the last airbender uh comparisons to be made there are you know it's kind of dwarfed a bit a lot by moana um which is like a, kind of a, we could have easily compared the two movies on this podcast like is that an original idea of yours or was that something that layla said no that's something that layla said <laughs> gosh this guy man in the originality category I don't, yeah, the irony. I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's like fully fleshed out. And so you, it doesn't get to be as good as it maybe I think could have been. Yeah, it had a lot of potential to be more original than it was. And they didn't lean into anything that was original about it. No, that's the, that's the issue. And then like, so then you're left with like a very easy way to just say like, well, it's just Avatar and the last airbender, but with dragons Mm -hmm. and a girl. Um, and that's, that's not great for the movie. Um, so like, is it the idea of creating it? You're celebrating Asian culture, um, really making, selling like so many different toys that are really cool and original looking. Um, is that, are those like good ideas? Yes. Did they like do those things enough? No. Um, so I want to give it like a three uh, in this category to kind of to to emphasize that what they did 
left them pretty vulnerable to just be like, it's Avatar and the Last Airbender plus Moana with dragons. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I support that. Layla, yeah. tell us about the originality of Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I'm obsessed with so much of this movie and I think a lot of it is, it's in, it's very original to me. I think the way that they approached it, the way that they, I do think the like underlying storyline has certainly been done in different ways. And the metaphor of the film is like one we've seen in film, of course. Um, but I think sure. what makes it so original is the way in which they decided to portray it and the, and how they went about um, bringing it to life. And I think like a lot of the characters are original. I think the visuals are obviously the most original part of this movie. Um, I think, and Nick, you usually know this better than I do. Is it based off of like a, like a folk, like lore thing, like a story? I I don't know. I was trying to look that up and I cannot get into the internet. I'll look it up. So I'm going to, it might be, I feel like I remember vaguely seeing that during my research. And even if it It, is, I'm fine with that. (laughs) Even if, I mean, yeah, it's like a whole movie about stories. So it's very possible. They brought like a, a ancient story to life. Right. But I think ultimately, like when we talk about, at least when I talk about originality, even if it has source material or some kind of like storytelling behind it, for me, it really, it's like, did I want it to be made into a film? And yes, I did want this to be made into a film. Like, I absolutely wanted to visually witness this story. And they excelled at that. Um, so I think I'm going to go with a six. So it's not based on any folklore. I mean, I'm sure that they pulled from something. But the story is inspired by the works of Hayao Miyazaki, which oh, makes boy. sense, that especially makes sense. when you see the sisters. Um, but... The and the visuals were inspired by like Japanese um, artworks. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, totally fair. Nick, did you find it original? What was your score, Layla? A six. A six. Okay. Um, I did find it original. I think if we're going to celebrate Asian culture, then this is a really good movie to talk about. Um, not we're not none of us are the experts on that, but <laughs> you. You 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 get presented. A, what was that sound? <laughs> you, get, you get you definitely get presented with a movie that um, definitely looks m- more like the the um, uh, artwork that I've seen in many a wing of a museum that I've been to <laughs> and have spent a lot of time looking at because it's some of my you know like the the LACMA. Um, that whole building at the mm. LACMA that's full of... Oh, I... Um, okay, museum makes sense. For some reason, I thought you meant, like, the wing of a hospital, like the artwork no. that's in hospitals. <laughs> and I don't know why my brain... No, specific. museums have wings. Yeah. Museums, birds, hospitals yeah. all have wings. True. Uh, and bats. Red Bull. And Red Bull. Well, people drink People who Red drink Red Bull, yeah. yes. This um, episode's not brought to you by Red Bull. But it is brought to you by birds. Uh, I think that you're looking... Like, the way that this movie looks presents um you know it's it's characters and story and presents you with like like a um is it a bit about the the effects of the negative effects of your ancestry and how to reconcile with that right there's a theme there mm-hmm. sure yeah right sure that feels like a more original concept and um, a more original presentation of that concept than what we we see in in Raya. It's definitely more enjoyable for me too. I know that's not that's not the category we necessarily talk about that, but the simplicity of it, the ease of uh, understanding those metaphors and the way that they're presented to you feels more original, more like it needed to be made, and ultimately more interesting, probably for an for an adult. Um, so I will give it, I'm going to give it a, um, I'm going to give it a five. I don't want to give it a six because I don't think it speaks to me the same way that Layla it speaks to you. But yeah, fair enough. Way above. Definitely a spectacularly above worded answer. And that takes us to spectacularity where we talk about the engagement <laughs> levels of these movies. Nick, I have a, a 
preface. Which is a more epic animated action adventure film? This, Kubo and the Two Strings, or Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul? Uh, I, I... No, 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 sorry. The trailer for Legend oh, of the, the Guardians, trailer. The Owls because of Gahul. knows I've seen that one. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the trailer for that movie, and it's pretty epic. It's fucking um, sick. I do. I, I, that is on my list of movies to watch, though. I, I haven't seen Legends. Yeah, I don't feel like you have to see it. I don't know if anyone has, but that trailer really is all time. No. Definitely look no. up that trailer. It is an awesome trailer. Kubo is also an awesome movie, though. Um, I, I, I definitely want to give this above at above average score, but I think ob- objectively there are some lull points in the movie that. If you're watching for like pure spectacle and you're not trying to analyze it for a podcast or uh, really um, really appreciating the multiple levels of artistry that went into the, the making of the movie um, would, would take you out of the movie. There are also some Matthew McConaughey lines that don't hit that are like, <laughs> okay. Now, he's delivering them well, but there's a couple lines where you're like, okay, that one's not the strongest, but I get it. Um, So I think above average, but I I do think that it's not going to be for everybody. So I'm like 4.55. 4.55. Oh, so this is just a 4.525, which I have to ask just because in our Jim Carrey episode, Lynn... Said something like that, and I thought we were going to the hundredth uh, decimal point. No, no, it's four point five. Okay, unless uh, Layla can swim me, and then Layla it takes it to a five point zero zero. Uh, Layla, yeah. what would you say about this spectacularity wise? In yeah. this, I mean Kubo. I I don't I completely understand why you feel that way. I I certainly do not think this movie is for everyone, and it's. I also just think that, like, there are a lot of creators out there that don't think animation is just built for children. Like, they see it as an art form and they want it to be an art form. Totally. And I think this movie is, like, an absolute epitome of that in, in itself, right? It's, it is. It's, this movie is art. It is art. Like, it's moving art. And I think it's also just a lot has a lot more depth than I think that we tend to get from a lot of animated films. So like, I think in general, when you go into a movie like this, you might expect more from it than you're going to get, which I think in itself can take you out of the movie a little bit. Cause you're just like, wow, this is much slower than I expected it in certain moments. Um, so I get that entirely. I just think, as I kind of said in, in um, eye candy for me, I'm so enthralled by like every visual aspect of this movie that in those moments where it's slowed down and there's not a lot of dialogue and you're just watching them like journey through all of these different planes and all of these different like places and climates, I'm like obsessed with watching where they are and what they're doing. So it keeps me really engaged. But I think outside of all of that, I am absolutely obsessed with the way that they roll out the metaphor of this film. I love that it's not fed to you. I love that for the first half of the movie, you're still questioning a lot of things. And you're like, I don't really understand what this kid has to do with this like moon guy and why his eye was taken and what's going on here. And what does this all mean? And Mm -hmm. why are we watching this movie? Like, I like that. I was questioning that. I don't like that. Like in a movie and I'll say this in Raya, but like, I don't like that. Like right at the beginning, they just throw everything at you. Like the whole crux of everything at once. And you're just like, okay, there was no buildup to any of this. Now I don't know why I'm supposed to be invested. Um, but I love that by the end of it, you are just watching like the and this is why I love the mom character so much. Like she really to me, as much as I completely agree with you, Gabe, like Charlie's didn't do a lot there and she could have done a lot more and it would have been so incredible. Oh, for sure. She her character being a representation of like having this godlike existence, this immortality and saying I want more than that because feeling and emotion and love and family and being connected to other human beings, even in loss, like even in like facing mortality is still worth it. 
and coming to that culmination at the end where like, you know, he's realizing why his mother made the decisions that he did and that he's okay to say goodbye to his parents. Cause he has all of the memories that he created with them, being able to have a meal with them, all of those things. It's really beautiful and really powerful by the end of it. It's just an impeccably well done art form representing the best parts of living and life and what we have in it. And I just, to anyone that loves film and loves movies that make you feel things, I think this is just so spectacular. (laughs) Um, I will give it a six just because I do think there are absolutely moments, even myself, where I'm like, this is like, it's moving slowly. Like it, like the pace has slowed down and that's hard, I think for anybody. Um, Because otherwise, I think if it wasn't like that, it would be a seven for me. I think they could have maybe even cut down the movie a little bit and just made it one of those shorter films that's just really beautiful and like moves through the story. And it would have been an easy seven at that point. But I'll go with a six. You know what is a seven, though? The last line, their look at the... I guess it is a camera because it's stop motion. Their look at the camera... Yeah, and then the immediate transition into Regina Spector's cover of "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" <laughs> yeah. that features the same instrument that Kubo plays throughout a Jamison or a Jamison <laughs> is an. I watched the whole. I never watched the like credits. Like I watched the whole thing because that is that little beautiful moment straight into that, and then the absolutely gorgeous end uh, yeah. credits. That then leads into like also a kind of behind the scenes making of the film for a little while is just like chef's kiss. It's just so intentional. Like even his first line being like, don't blink because you really will miss so much of the like beauty of the movie. If you're not keeping your eyes on the screen and witnessing all of these moments, these small moments, like I just, I love everything about that. And I love the through line of the storytelling and how important that is. Cause we live through memories and stories that we tell each other and, that's a big part of mortality and death as well. So I just think it's very intentional and very well done. So I love it very yes, much. For sure. And Nick, how engaging was Ryan the Last Dragon? Did you rewatch it? I didn't rewatch it, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just didn't really so have... so disappointed. I just... He knew the answer to that. sound very good. He knew the answer to this question before. Yeah. We talked about this before. I just didn't really have, I didn't, honestly, I just didn't have like a ton of time um, since we came up with the idea. That's, that's really why I I would have, I think. Um, I definitely would have multitasked though. I would have like done my taxes or something at the same time. Like it's, um, it's, uh, (sighs) I don't know. I probably was equally engaged, but for like a completely different reason to <laughs> watching. It was purely Aquafina. Kubo, yes. I just freaking love Aquafina. I, um, I, no, it was like a date night movie night thing that Julie and I did. And so I was you know, like a pretty fun day watching it with her. And it's, it's a probably about the same level of overall engagement, but the reasons why are like completely different. Like I was really engaged with the way that Kubo looked, particularly towards the end and the. Um, We're talking about Ryan the Last Dragon. No, I know, but then I'm gonna oh, okay, make a sorry. comparison. My bad. <laughs> this guy, man, just ribbing me. I hear Kubo. I come running at you. <laughs> it's like I'm moderating this shit, <laughs> and then it, and then it, uh, you know, it ebbs and flows for reasons that you know, the plot sort of slows down. Raya, you're taken out because there's so much like uh, silliness you'd want. I wanted like so much more from this movie than I got, but I'm not a child. Like, like maybe it's really engaging for a child, but you know, and we'll talk about it in the legacy section. I don't know. Maybe it's not like, I definitely didn't hear anybody talking about it at work and I work with children. With children. So yeah. I don't, I don't really know. Like it's very conflicting to talk about the spectacularity Maybe I needed to watch it again, and I'm not doing it justice, so I'll turn it over to Layla, who just watched it. But I'm going to give it an equal score and also say 4.5 to be impartial. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm giving it a 2. Um, Whoa, okay. speak I on it. I have not had such a hard time getting through a movie in a while. I watched a good 45 minutes of it on my phone at work while I was working because I was having such a hard time finishing it before I could get to this episode. I'm sure the visuals were sick on that thing. Yeah, yeah super sick. Um 
Yeah, I, this movie is very, very hard for me. The pacing's really uncomfortable. Again, they throw so much at you in the beginning so quickly, and it feels like its own movie already happened. And I'm like, what am I about to watch for the next two whatever hours this movie is? Um, I don't care about the characters enough to engage. Aquafina's annoying as fuck the whole movie. Her lines are awful. The dialogue itself is so disengaging. Because again, it's like, it is really... I don't I, I, I I'm like I, w- I want to talk to someone who's watched it recently maybe because I'm like it really feels so dumbed down to me like it's such such basic dialogue like it feels like the the scene at the beginning where all the tribes like come I guess maybe that's what they're called tribes anyways when all the tribes come and they come to like steal it take difficulty it with the nomenclature I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know um when they're like taking when the gem like is about to break and they're all standing there. They all just sound like, like cavemen or something like, no, I want, no, I want like, it just is like, what is even (sighs) happening? Like, why are they talking like this? Um, and then, you know, it just keeps going. Like it's such a long movie. I don't, I think there are small pockets throughout the movie when they get to each different tribe's location where it's fun for about two seconds because you're seeing a new space, kind of like you alluded to, Nick, where like you're seeing these different worlds and stuff. Like for yeah. about two seconds, I'm like, oh, interesting. What does that look like? And then I'm done because I just don't care after that point while they're trying to ret- retrieve the gem. Um, and then you get to the last 45 minutes and you're still like, how is there 45 minutes left of this movie? What could possibly happen in this time? So if I'm feeling that way consistently throughout a movie about 10 minutes in, it's, it's bad. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very much going with it too. It's very poor engagement on my level. So I don't feel like I had that same trouble with the, the disengagement from the movie. I guess because I was like, it's a Disney movie and I expect expected quite literally nothing from the film because i just mm. don't think i even had n- i don't think i even knew that it was a thing yeah so we were like for Let's sure do that one i guess i do have like really um, high expectations for pixar and disney so i think that's part of my problem like i and i do yeah, feel I like think i would too normally but i don't yeah. think i knew jack about this movie. i didn't know i i really knew nothing about this movie i think i just always see them as universal i've always seen those movies as something that like i can still garner something from it even if it is targeted towards kids um and i didn't feel that way this time at all like it really felt like this was like like almost like a storybook lines for children to read kind of a thing mm. i'll move it to a four <laughs> you convinced me there do you think, Layla, that it's going to have a legacy? How was it received, and do you think that will allow it to exist in perpetuity? Yeah, both of them have really good ratings. Um, their ratings are pretty close, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I, can, I have to pull it up. But, um, Kubo's got better um, critic yeah. Better critic, but it's yeah. like the same thing all across the board. I think Kubo's sure. more appreciated by like film lovers, film art, yeah, fans and yeah. stuff. But, uh, but yeah. pretty much similar responses for sure. It's pretty well received. I I don't think it has a legacy. Like I I think it existed when it came out, and people were excited to put their kids down in front of a new movie that they hadn't seen before because that's great for a parent. And I think that takes up their kids attention and time and yay um Mm -hmm. i think it had its moment and now it's dead basically like i just don't foresee this being any kind of like disney legacy film that people talk about later put on for their kids i could never rewatch this movie i refuse so i don't know i mean I think you have to give it credit for the fact that it was well-received when it came out. But when we talk about legacy, when we talk about like how people are going to care about it as it ages, I think it's going to age really poorly. I think people liked it in the moment. And then if they re- if any of them really rewatched it, they'd be like, I can't watch this again. This is too painful for me to rewatch. Even parents with like, I feel like parents that have kids rewatch a lot of animated films and typically oh, yeah. they could be excited about a lot of them because they like them and they enjoy them themselves. This would probably be very painful for a parent to rewatch over and over again. Um, so I guess I'll go with a three. Okay. Like I'm just and Nick, numbers. Do you think that Raya is going to be a Disney princess forever? <clears throat> no, probably not. 
Okay. That's a specific question. Um, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like, if they're putting forward a new Disney princess and she's not important and no one cares about her, then... Is no. she even a princess at all? Yeah, the she's princess, not She's not a princess. The princess in the falls in the forest and no one's Do you have to be a princess to be a Disney princess? Yeah. Like, Jasmine's not a princess, is she? Yes, she's the sultan's oh, daughter. They, oh, Aladdin is the homeless. They one. refer to her <laughs> unhoused as a princess uh, quite a lot. So yeah, I think so. Okay, <laughs> but that's like <laughs> no. Yeah, I love that you said no. Aladdin is the homeless. Is one. Snow White a princess? Yes, her dad Who's was her the fucking king. Dad? The st- oh, she's the really? evil stepmother. That's the gr- the woman that. Well, gives okay, her- wait, but Belle is not a. Pr- oh, but Belle becomes a princess when she marries, <laughs> marries the beast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're really having a moment here. Yeah, oh, let's litigate oh this. Oh my god! Is the princess in the princess in the frog a princess? That was a joke. It's the princess and the frog. Um, continue. <laughs> oh gosh, I uh, I distance be- a below average category for sure. I would like if it did not have the ratings that it has, which are pr- pretty like oddly good. I think yeah, they're again, very good. It's I think it's because the like it's for children. It's I don't think that most people have the same reaction. This is like the first time that I'm going to be the one that. I, I'm speaking for the layman, but like the positive <laughs> per- version of that. Like, like, I don't think many people have the same reaction that Layla has. Yeah, like, no one's going to be quite as negative as incredibly I am. Movie, av- I don't sure. think it's an incredibly aversive movie. And I, I didn't rewatch the movie, but because I had more time to listen to things than watch them since we decided, I listened to some podcasts. Of One was, um, there's this really cute podcast where this woman and her son read synopses of movies in like 10 to 15 minutes whoa um that's not for not for adults (laughs) to listen to uh it's for children Mm. um but that's that's nice and she liked it and her son seemed or the child seemed to like it as well um and uh another one that was like grown people like us critiquing this movie for 45 minutes solely this movie for 45 minutes it's impressive um their critiques were very similar to ours, I think. But like gen- generally, though, I don't think the movie has a ton of rewatchable value, like Leia yeah. was saying. And so that's why it's below average to me. Um, I think it would be lower if it didn't have the same kind of ratings. And so some sort of appeal um, was there. I'm kind of thrilled that I got away with not rewatching it for sure. So that's a three for me as well. <laughs> okay. And Kubo and the Two Strings, Nick, do you think it Nick. has a legacy? And then Layla will let you know if it does. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I know it does. I remember when it was nominated. Um, For I'm, two Oscars. Yeah. And it was only the second animated movie to get nominated for a visual effects off Oscar. Really? What was the first? Uh, it was another stop motion one. That that tracks. <laughs> Do you remember Layla? That's interesting. Um, I'll look it up. Don't you just listen to Nick? I'm, gonna, I'm go going to go with five. I don't think it's remarkably above average in this category, but oh, it's obvious. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, love oh. that. Uh, I would. Um, one thing that I would do for this movie that I would not do for Raya is like I would tell teachers on the last you know week of school when they just need like movies to play for their kids. I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, put Kubo on there. Yeah, I'll put him to sleep. Um, it's there's a lot to learn uh, from a movie like this, and for me, that's what I like about Kubo is there's just like a lot to appreciate about a movie like Kubo and the Two Strings. Visually, the artistry that goes into it the storytelling, the metaphor, and the not beating you over the head with the metaphor. Um, and the, you know, it's a story about a kid who doesn't, like, like it's heartbreaking at the beginning when he's, like, not able to connect with his mom. And then it's heartwarming at the end when he was able to and he's okay letting her go. Like, those are good things that teach people, um, including little people. Um, so 
I, I think it's above average. Um, it's obviously very critically, like a critical darling as well. So, Layla, you have more to say. Go. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm going to give it a five. I, <clears throat> this is like, this is a hard category, I think, for this movie and for me, because I hold it to such a high value in my own mind. But like, I very much understand that this is not a super highly watched film again it's not for everybody and i very much understand why it's not for everybody i think anyone that does choose to sit down and watch it is going to gain a lot from it and really enjoy watching it i just don't know like how much i mean for all i know maybe in the future it becomes this kind of like animated cult type following like people really keep it alive that way it's very possible a lot of films that are like very art-based end up being that way over time. So maybe. Um, And yeah, it was nominated for an Oscar and, you know, obviously for two. And it's, I I, I do think that people, I do think that people speak very highly of it. Um, I think, oh, I totally lost my train of thought there when I saw both of you put your twos up and now I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, um, Ultimately, I think I have to just be fair to the fact that, like, I know a lot of people haven't seen it, and I know a lot of people might not feel the same way that I do about it. I think part of the reason I want to go above a four is because it is truly innovative for film in itself. Like, within its legacy, I think a big part of that is that it's going to push stop motion and Leica to another realm moving forward i think they've pushed boundaries with this movie and i think any movie that pushes boundary in film holds itself in a legacy there because future films that kind of base them kind of in the sense of how this film is like you know hayao miyazaki was a huge inspiration for us and hayao miyazaki did different things with animation we might see the same kind of conversation happening 20 years from now about kubo um so yeah i'm gonna go with the five Interesting that neither of you brought up the whole whitewashing thing, but, uh, yep. (laughs) There was a little bit of backlash when it came out because all the actors are white. Well, not all of them, but all of the main actors are white and it's a Japanese story. Um, but. I mean, I feel like this uh, is like a very common conversation, especially with all of the Hayao Miyazaki dubbed, like whitewashed yeah. films as well. I think that's a very common thing with this genre. Not to say that that's good or an okay thing for anyone to yeah. do, but I think it has been a part of the conversation for a long time. It happens pretty frequently, unfortunately. I mean, it, it, it's kind of wild that Leica was able to get like the act. I mean, it ended up being distributed by way bigger. Um, you know, like Focus Features, I think, right. distributed it in yeah. Universal. So, like, it makes sense that they were able to get some big caliber mm-hmm. actors on there. But, like, for the most part, they kind of needed those actors to push this movie forward. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of what it is. And Promotion. it's not like it's like a, you know, they're not doing, like, a caricature or anything. They're they're just doing their normal voices. No, and um yeah, I mean, it is really, really well beloved. It, it, it's really loved on um, like Letterboxd. Uh, it's really appreciated in the film community. It was kind of a box office um, kind of bust. Like it made its, it made some money back, but um, it, it didn't do that well. But it kind of wasn't the type of movie that would. And like you could see why something like Raya would make a lot more because it's a Disney product and like, you're just going to go and, and like, they're just selling like happy meal toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like a given, I will sure. just chime in for myself just at the end because Layla had asked me to watch this movie for a while. <laughs> I thought it was really enjoy. I mean, visually very, very strong. Um, I do agree with the main character and also your point, Layla, that yeah. if you don't pay attention to it, like, you're just not going to care and you're not going to fully understand the ending because uh, I, for one, do not, I don't, I saw everything that happened with the grandpa and I don't think I understand it even slightly. And I don't, I don't get the last scene and it's probably because I missed a lot (laughs) because I was like doing a puzzle at the same time. Did anything Um, that Nick or I said during this podcast resonate with you? Yeah, no, definitely resonated with me. And I understand, like, you know, I, I do think there's some beauty to the movie. 
I think there's a for me personally, I'm just really falling out of liking animated movies. Like I just can't be like engaged with them. The rare Pixar, like a movie like Soul, will totally engross me. But it's like it takes me years. It li- like this one. It literally takes me years to watch an animated movie that's recommended to me. It's like documentaries. Like, I just take my fucking sweet time with it because I know I'm not going to be as engaged as TV shows and movies. So that's my piece on it. I still think it's a very important and awesome movie, and the animation is fucking sick. I mean, every time that he starts telling his story with the guitar and the origami comes to life, it's, like, fucking sick. But... My one problem with that is, like, if I showed up back in time during that time period and I showed them an iPhone, everyone's like, oh, they'd have a heart attack and die. But this kid's playing a fucking shamisen and his, like, pieces of paper are coming to life and tells his story, which is, like, the coolest presentation possible for a story. And nobody bats an eyelash. They just think it's cool. No, they bat an eyelash. They're absolutely furious that he keeps leaving them on edge at the end of the day. Well, for sure, but they don't bat an eyelash about, like, the fact that he's able to do that with just a fucking guitar thing. Um, Anyways... I think we're meant to assume we live in a world where, like, magic exists and they are enthralled by what he's capable of doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) Explains everything. Uh, Nick, did Kubo absolutely destroy Raya? 55 to 33. Out of 70. Kubo found the sword unbreakable and stabbed Raya in the face. <laughs> oh, um, impenetrable or I think unbreakable? It's sword unbreakable. I think I unbreakable is better than impenetrable because I don't think like a kid would understand what the word impenetrable means. I don't know what the other two are called. I can't remember. The, and my phone's not working, so I can't The armor of Gahul. Uh, <laughs> Layla, I'll let you give some recommendations. Uh, for instance, do you like, by the way, Travis Knight's other movies made with Leica? I mean, I'm... Or I don't know I'm, if they're made with him. I'm... I don't know... Missing what are, Link and Paranorman? Yeah, I mean, I actually do really like both of those movies. Um, I, I would recommend any, I would recommend any Leica movies, any and all of them, just because they're just so fun to watch. I think the visuals just make them enjoyable. And um, I would, and I would say that like the, all, all the other Leica movies that you're going to watch are not slow like this. Like they are full on fun animated films that have like ongoing dialogue. This is just highly different. Um, so I would watch all Leica films and because it got mentioned, I do think it's very important that everyone at some point in their lives goes through Hayao Miyazaki's like entire filmography because it's just life changing. Um, So I think my biggest recommendation is for everyone to take a deep dive into Hayao Miyazaki. But yeah. Okay. Sick. I actually need to do that myself. I have it all on my like my list on HBO. But again, like you've never seen them before. It's going to take me years. No, I've seen Spirited Away when I was younger. And I actually have never seen any of the others. Like, wow, Howl's Moving and Castle, like, y'all. Howl's Moving Castle yep. is so fucking good. And then, like, uh, like <laughs> Ponyo and, and shit like that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I believe you. Studio Ghibli is very important to the world. But I am just going to get to it when I get to it. And I promise you that might never happen. Um, that's not a very good promise. Um, I have recommendations that have nothing to do with these movies. And it's just that I do recommend that people watch the show, and I'm not done with it yet, um, but watch the show Beef. Speaking of Asian culture, um, there's a lot of Asian American Mm -hmm. cultural elements to that show. Incredibly well made. So funny. Like, also emotionally deep. Some of the most, some of the most committed acting you'll see on TV this year um, from Steven Yeun specifically. has not even finished it. Oh, yeah. Um, Everything you're saying is like times 10. And the other one that I recommend for a good time, if you just want something silly to watch at the end of the day, go and watch Jury Duty 
It's on Freebie. I thought you were going to say Succession. An, I was like, no fucking. No, well, everyone should <laughs> watch Succession. Something fun and silly at that's, the end of the but day. But that's like going to ruin you. <laughs> Jury Duty yeah, is on Freebie, which no one knows what the fuck that is. Um, but it's on Amazon and it's like a free with ads thing. But I promise it's worth the ads. It is just look it up. It's an incredible concept. It's very, very silly. It's very funny. If you like the rehearsal, then you'll love it. And if you didn't really like the rehearsal, you'll like this probably more because I think it's like more accessible, um, but very similar. Anyways, that's it for us, gang. Um, well, I guess I don't know if you had something to recommend. Nick. I was going to recommend beef um, because of the emphasis on, on Asian culture. And I think it's incredible. You haven't even finished. Have you watched it, Layla, on Netflix? No, not yet. It's awesome. It's so good. It's really every On episode has so been many amazing. Levels. You told me to take it slowly, so you can't now be like you haven't even oh, seen it. No, no, no. I mean, like everything you're saying is like times ten. You know end. what? You're like okay. it's great that you like savor it for sure. It's okay. beef. You got to savor yeah, it. I have. Um, and then uh, for stop motion, uh, in part because Julie is like mortified by this movie but Coraline is a movie that I really wanted to read. oh yeah like literally one of my favorite movies of all time (laughs) love Coraline that uncanny valley love Coraline I also just am obsessed with Neil Gaiman so that makes sense but Coraline's just top tier animation that shit is so creepy and so good I love it so much did Neil Gaiman (laughs) write the book Arabat no that's Clive Barker anyways um (laughs) This episode was a good time. Uh, and Oh, Neil Gaiman's the one who did like the Sandman thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I think that's why the Clive Barker, because like Clive Barker did like Hellraiser and stuff too. So like there, I knew there was like, yeah. there's some Fair weird. Fair enough. There's connection um, there. Neil Gaiman, the main guy in Jurassic. Oh, sorry. That's Sam Neil. Oh, my bad. Uh, oh, so true. Um, if you want to learn more about Sam Neill, uh, go and follow us on Instagram. Look up Facing Off Pod. Uh, it's just going to become a Sam Neill uh, and Neil Gaiman and Clive Barker fan page from now on. Uh, you can send us emails if you want to suggest some like other movies to do or if you want to shit on us for not liking Raya or you want to let us know how much you love Kubo. Uh, send us an email at facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. The next episode's going to be fun, so stick around and you'll find out. Nick, send off. Oh, foot. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.